بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد most respected ulama ikram elders and brothers amongst the many incidents that had occurred and transpired in the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the sahaba radiyallahu anhum ajma'in we find that one of the greatest incidents ever to occur was that of the hijra and the migration from makkatul mukarrama to madinatul munawwara this is an incident that is generally discussed at the turn of the new year in the beginning of the month of muharram because this is an incident that marks the beginning of the islamic calendar nevertheless when nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam had now migrated with sahaba radiyallahu anhum and they were now settled in madina munawwara then we find that it was the habit of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that every now and then you would take an assessment just to see how many sahaba radiyallahu anhum they were in madina munawwara as we would say like a number count so the first time nabi ali sallallahu wasallam had taken this number count the sahaba radiyallahu anhum were 500 in number the second time when nabi ali sallallahu had taken the second number count then the sahaba radiyallahu anhum were 700 in number and in the fourth or the fifth year hijri when nabi ali sallallahu wasallam had taken a third assessment a third number count then the sahaba radiyallahu anhum had reached a figure a number of 1500 so they were now 1500 sahaba radiyallahu anhum in madina munawwara when the sahaba radiyallahu anhum heard that we are 1500 they became so elated and so happy that they began to even mention amongst themselves that now whichever army it is that we are faced with from whichever area it is also we will never ever be defeated in battle on on one side there was always a fear the mushrikeen of makkah came again and again the battle of badr the battle of uhud the different other battles that had taken place and then on the other hand was the different tribes the jewish tribes that were residing now on the outskirts of madina munawwara they had broken their pact and their allegiance with nabi ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the sahaba radiyallahu anhum and they had joined forces with the mushrikeen of makkah also to try and wipe islam out and we find that this is the ongoing mission of the kuffar the enemies of islam yuriduna liyutfiu nur allah bi afwahihim they will try the utmost but our yaqeen our tawakkul our direction our focus is on allah subhanahu Allah will keep that lamp of Islam burning the lamp of iman Nevertheless when the sahaba radiyallahu anhum heard we are 1500 they became so confident that now we will never be defeated Now we have to look at it 1500 sahaba radiyallahu anhum in Madina Sharif To us we would say maybe just like a drop of the ocean compare them to the rest of the world The Roman and the Persian Empire their armies alone numbered in the hundreds of thousands. And then you get the different other clans and the tribes across the world. So to us is just like maybe a drop in the ocean. And in fact when the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum when they were sent with a message of Islam 
to these so-called superpowers at that time, the Romans and the Persians, with the message of Islam. Now firstly, we have to understand from what background the Sahaba radiallahu anhum are coming, back, coming from. In the words of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu, he mentions that we, the Arab nation, we were the worst of nations in the entire world. It was internationally known. The crimes and the atrocities that the Arabs were guilty of committing. They were branded as the worst in the world. Obviously, Islam changed everything. So from that background, they come into the most so-called civilized of backgrounds. Civilized of nations. The Romans and the Persians. We can imagine how much they must have been laughed at. How much they were mocked at. That you are the Arab nation and you want to come and teach us a way of life. And when the Sahaba radiallahu went back and they began to prepare for jihad against these people, then they laughed even harder and even louder. That, do you know what we have at our disposal? Our, our state of the art weapons and our mighty armies. And what do you have? Just one drop in the ocean, what, how, how can you now come and face the Persian and the Roman Empire? But what they didn't realize was that one drop of Sahaba radiallahu anhum, when they came from Medina Munawwara, they came as a fully fledged storm. They came as a full-on tsunami. And they wiped the armies of the Roman and the Persian Empire out to such an extent that in the words of Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Haqsab, Umarji rahmatullah many of our elderly people, our elders will explain to us who Hazrat Mawlana was. And what a vital role he had played in the spread of Islam in Durban, in KZN, in South Africa, internationally also. He mentions just like how a child will play with his toys. He'll put one toy on this side, he'll put another toy on that side. And he'll bring it crushing back down, he'll put another piece up there and another car up there. And he'll just play with it how he wants. He says literally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Sahaba radiallahu anhu to such an extent that they were playing with the Roman, the armies of the Roman and the Persian Empire, just like how a child plays with his toys. Obviously, this was at a time when the Sahaba radiallahu anhu had increased drastically in number. But can we imagine, they were just 1,500 and they were prepared to take on the world. Today, 2022, 2023, we are sitting maybe in an excess of 2 to 2.5 billion Muslims across the world. With all our so-called Islamic countries, weaponry, military, etc., etc. And yet we find that the Muslim Ummah has become the playground of the Christian armies and the Jewish mastermind behind it all. The Zionist leaders. What was there that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Sahaba radiallahu anhum? That they were just 1,500 and they were so confident. We are ready to take on the world. They had nothing, yet they had everything. And today, we as a Muslim Ummah, we have everything. And yet we are sitting with nothing. Hazrat Mawlana Umarji sahab mentions, that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they didn't have the best of military weapons, the best of swords and shields, or the mightiest of armies. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed them with one divine weapon with which they were very, very well equipped. 
Wherever they went, whatever the condition was, wherever they traveled, whether they were in their own hometowns, their own localities, or they traveled abroad for the sake of jihad, for the sake of battle, for the sake of business, trade and commerce, or just maybe to relocate altogether to another country, they clung dearly with all their might to the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They never compromised and they were never embarrassed to show that we are the followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are not like ordinary people. We are Muslims. We are the followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today, unfortunately, my respected elders and brothers, we go to some holiday rest- destination, whether it is abroad or maybe at the birds or the coast or wherever it is. And leave alone the sunnah, already the faraiz is compromised. We are sitting in some lavish nikah or walima occasion. As it is, we waited two hours. Now the new trend, you have to wait so many hours for the meals to be served. And now azan is being in a masjid. We are feeling embarrassed to tell our host that we need to go for namaz in the masjid. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they were never ever shy or embarrassed to, sh- to, sh- to show that we are not an ordinary nation. We are the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Hazrat Uzaifah bin Yaman and Hazrat Rabi bin Amir radiallahu anhuma, when they were sent, they were sent to discuss the terms of before engaging in war to the Persian Empire. Now, firstly, we hear from we read in the lives of Sahaba radiallahu anhum that they were very, very simple people. They ate simple, they slept simple, they dressed simple. Their entire way of life was simplicity. And this was the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To remain simple. If Nabi alayhi sallam wanted, he could have had the mountains turn into gold. But the sunnah of Nabi alayhi sallam to remain simple. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they took on the sunnah. They lived their lives, every, every facet of their lives was simplicity. So when they were sent to the Persian Empire, they had just traveled from Medina Munawara all the way to the Persian Empire. And by the time they reached the gates of that Persian palace, they were tired, they were weary, hair disheveled, the clothes were but soiled, untidy also. So the guard looked at him behind that gate, he looked at them up and down, and he mentions to them that you cannot go in the presence of our king dressed like how you are dressed like. With these clothing on your body, you cannot go in front of our king. It will be a means of disgrace and dishonor to our king. We will provide for you special robes. You will don those robes, the royal clothing. And then you will go in the presence of our king. Because how you are dressed now is a form of disgrace and dishonor to our king. Hazrat Uzaifa radiallahu anhu walked up to the gates of that palace. And he mentions to that guard that these robes and this clothing that you are referring to, this is the sunnah of my Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is how my Nabi alayhi salatu wa has commanded and instructed us to dress. And if your king is not prepared to meet us with these clothing on our body, then you tell your king that we will meet him on the battlefield. Something so trivial, something so insignificant, we might say that maybe we need to compromise here and there, you lose the war, but you win. You lose the battle, but you win the war. Compromise anyone would jump to the opportunity 
of donning that, that, those royal clothing. But here even the guards are amazed that these people, they got nothing and they want nothing also. They haven't got anything and they don't want anything. So they send a message into the king and while they are waiting, Hazrat Rabi radiallahu anhu takes out his sword. Now as mentioned, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they didn't have the best of military equipment, the best of swords and shields. They lacked drastically in material, in, 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 in material weapons. So that sword that he had also, the handle was a bit loose from the blade. And he had a leather strap that was tied to secure that handle onto the blade. So he took out that, when he took out his sword, he began to just make that grip a bit firm. And the guard behind the gate, he looks at him and he scoffs at him. And he mentions to him, that you want to come with this type of weapons? These weapons you want to come and you want to face the Persian Empire? Do you know what we have at our disposal? Our armies, our, our weaponry, our shields, swords, etc., etc. So Hazrat Rabi radiallahu anhu mentions to him that you saw the sword, no doubt, this is the sword. But you haven't seen the hand behind that sword. And he mentions to him that bring your strongest of weapons, your strongest of swords or shields, and you will see by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what will happen to that weapon also. So these guards, they began to laugh amongst themselves. They had some shields that was imported from a different area. It was known to be something like an unbreakable shield. It was reinforced with layers and layers of a special type of steel, like sort of an unbreakable shield. So they began to laugh at, amongst themselves that these Arabs, they don't know what we have. And they went and they brought one of those shields. Hazrat Rabi radiallahu anhu took his sword. One blow, one strike, that entire shield was cracked and it fell into bits and pieces. This was something that shocked all the guards around them. An unbreakable shield. They sent a message into the king also. Even the king is shocked. He mentions to them, call them in. So they come inside. And as was the norm at that time, that the guests of the king, they are now invited to partake of some refreshments before engaging and discussing with the king. This was the norm at that time, that you go and you have some refreshments first. So Sahaba radiallahu anhu, they were also ushered into the dining hall to partake of those, whatever was put in front of them. And it so happened that as Hazrat Huzaifa radiallahu anhu was eating that morsel, one morsel, one particle from that morsel he had in his hand, as we would say like a crumb, it fell onto the floor. So that immediate reaction, that in-ground sunnat of Nabi Ali salatu salam in the lives of Sahaba radiallahu anhu, it just fell down and he began to bend down to pick that morsel or that particle up. The person next to him nudges him and he mentions to him that you are in the presence of the king and his men. And they are watching, they are observing your every move. You have come to discuss with them terms of war. So they want to find out and they are trying to see now what type of people you are. It doesn't look good. That you got an entire table or a dastar khan spread in front of you with the best of refreshments. And you are going to worry about one small particle that has fallen onto the floor. Onto the floor.
The riwayat mentions فَغَدِبَ هُزَيْفَ Huzaifa radiallahu anhu became angry. He bent all the way down. He picked that particle up. In full view of everyone, he dusted it, he blew it, he put it in his mouth and after swallowing it, he turned to this person and he mentions to him, أَأَتْرُكُ سُنَّةَ حَبِيبِ لِهَاؤُلَاءِ الْحُمَقَ You want me to leave the sunnah of my Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Something so valuable. Some, the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam must be just shoved and shoved one side. Just on the fear of being embarrassed in front of these humaqa, these foolish people. One is hamik and one is humaqa. Hamik is foolish person. And humaqa is an emphasis. In our language, we would call it maybe like these idiots. I have gold by me. I have the most precious of commodities by me. You want me to just throw that one side and opt for the muck and the filth of this dunya? Imagine how they viewed the culture, that western culture and the culture, that, that non-Islamic culture. The culture of the kuffar. The culture of the, Islam, of the enemies of Islam. It was filth in their eyes. It was something that was not toler- tolerated. They couldn't tolerate it. Why? Because they knew once they t- tasted the sweetness of that sunnah of Nabi Ali Now nothing can compare. I have this and you want me to give it up for that? My respected elders and brothers today, how sad it is. In some occasion, walima, nikah, whatever it is, and you will see that uncle, he is trying to eat his rice, that biryani with a fork and spoon. And it makes a person think and just reflect. To what extent are we prepared to go? We, the ummah of Nabi Ali Sallallahu Alaihi How far and what inconvenience are we prepared to bear? Just to follow the enemies of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Just to follow that way of life. And what, what, to what extent, what extent are we prepared to go? Nevertheless, when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had now partook of those refreshments. And now they were summoned, or they were ushered into the chambers of the king. Then everyone is coming in, they are entering, they are bowing before the king, he is sitting on his throne, and they are standing on one side. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they didn't have that inferiority complex. They didn't feel that now we must go with the flow, or what this person will say. We are the ummatis of Nabi Wasallam. You don't bow down in front of anyone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't even bow down for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Who is that king? They come in and they stand one side and then they realize that everyone is standing. The king is the only one that is sitting. Everyone around him is standing. So Hazrat Huzifa radiallahu anhu asked that translator that what is the reason everyone is standing and the king is sitting? Now obviously to us we will understand why. Immediately, without even asking, we'll understand. But can we imagine how Nabi Wasallam had molded the mindset of Sahaba radiallahu anhum? They were not exposed to any other way of life apart from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sunnah tariqah. They didn't, everything else was foreign. It was strange to them. They didn't understand it. So he asked that translator, what is the reason everyone is standing? So the translator mentions to him 
that this is out of our respect that we have for our king. Whenever we are in his company, the king sits, but we stand out of, the, out of respect, that honor for our king. As that Huzaifa radiallahu anhu mentions to a translator, that this is not what our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us. When Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood, everyone stood. When Nabi alayhi sallam sat, everyone sat. When he walked, sometimes it would be difficult to distinguish who was Nabi alayhi sallatu wa sallam in that crowd of sahaba radiallahu anhu. There was no such thing as special distinction for this person and that person. That was simplicity. That was the sunnah of Nabi alayhi sallatu wa sallam. Hazrat Uzifa radiallahu anhu mentions to a translator, that you tell your king. That it is either he, stay, he we all are going to sit, sit down like how he is sitting. Or your king must stand up like how we are standing. Imagine in their country, in their territory, in their palace, surrounded by their men, their guards, their armies, their people, but not feeling shy and embarrassed to uphold the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi. This is what Hazrat Umarji was mentioning. That the weapon that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had, that full confidence in the sunnah, and not being embarrassed to be, to show people that I am the sun, I am an ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are not like you. We are distinguished. We are the followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And history will bear testimony to this fact. That as long as the ummah had clung to the sunnah of, of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had opened the world at the feet of the Muslim ummah. But no sooner had we begun to now make some compromises, and we began to inculcate this culture in our lives, and slot in this and that, and we want to look like this person, we want to behave like that person, we want to live like this certain nation and that certain culture, bring it into our lives. Then together with, our, with the sunnah of tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our izzat, our dignity, our honor and our glory also went. Our izzat and our dignity lies in the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wa sallam. And this is what Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu mentions. nas wa nas wa nas. That we, the Arab nation, we were the worst of nations in the entire world. We were known to be the most disgraced, the most downtrodden of nations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed us with izzat, honor, dignity, glory by fulfilling the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And thereafter he mentions, If we happen to seek this izzat and honor and dignity in any other way of life, we want to be like that person, we want to dress like this person, we want to have that person's hairstyle, and we want to have this certain emblem and logos all over our, our clothing. Even our kurtas now are not safe also with all these emblems. And we want to have that certain so-called star, his name behind our t-shirts, etc. We want to live like them, we want to dress like them, we want to behave like them. And then we just want to slot Islam in between. Fasting, Jummah, Salah, etc. Hazrat Umar radiallahu mentions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will disgrace us. If you are going to shift away from the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam, then get ready for the disgrace, the divine disgrace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we see it happening today. This is not an ordinary statement. 
Hazrat Umar radiyallahu anhu Tadis mentions ittaqu firasat al-mu'min fear that inside that foresight of a true mu'min fa innahu yanzuru bi nurillah because when he speaks he doesn't speak from his own side he doesn't speak from his own pockets he is speaking out of inspiration from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Umar radiyallahu anhu was a person he was a man who was greatly and famously known for the great in- foresight and insight he had in the matters of deen my time is up, my respected elders and brothers. But we can understand that our izzat, our dignity, the success of this world, and on the, in the akhirat also, lies in following the sunnah tariqah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Not only in the sunnahs that we read maybe before and after our first salah, but in every facet of our lives. How we, how we dress, how we sleep, how we eat, how we conduct ourselves with our our family around us, how we treat our wives, how we treat our children, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our employees under us, the workers, the helpers at home, everything, sunnah of Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam, it is an entire Islamic way of life. It's an entire way of life, sunnah of Nabi Ali Salam. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala make us true mu'min, true ummatis of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And grant us the ability of implementing as many, many sunnats of Nabi Ali Salaam in our lives. Wa akhidu da'amana alhamdulillah.